two humorous nurses, Kelly and Alicia. Time for a debrief. What's the skinny? <laughs> I've got nothing. <laughs> nothing? What have you done all week? Oh, I've had the busiest week at work. Really? I have lots of doctor chasing. Fun. I don't miss that. Yeah, lots of looking <laughs> up pathology. Lots of, yeah, just uh, had a clinic, which was telehealth, which was really busy. And that just takes so much energy out of me. I'm like telehealth. drained emotionally. Telehealth the or, the, or just the week? The clinic, oh, telehealth. Yeah. I use a lot of my people. I, at the end, I was like, oh, God, I have nothing. I don't want to talk oh. to anybody. I've like used all my people personality You're so skills. good at that stuff, though. I love In the, the way moment, that you In the moment, but then I'm so drained. Yeah. So drained. And with telehealth, you, like I sit with them and so that, the you know, they can – feedback to me if they so don't you're with the, the patient doctor. and they're telehealthing their doctor yeah on yep. the video yeah yeah so it's really good yeah it's, i mean good. it's so good. you're like their support person basically yeah mm. and if you've got i suppose that's your job isn't it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but there's a lot of pre-work in that and mm. a lot of post-work yeah. as well but i don't mind telehealth i think it's been um such a good thing to come out of covid mm. such a good thing um because it's given me heaps of skills because now I hear those conversations that the oncologists have with yeah. patients that I don't normally get to hear. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's not like they're doing physical assessments. So it's just like, no, sometimes they, they might say to me, can you feel that lump? Like yeah. if the patient says, you know, like some patients have nodes and stuff that yeah. are always there. So I have to feel them. Or if a patient says, oh, there's this weird thing, but I'm not doing any level of physical assessment yeah. on them. Yeah. Um, I might look if they say, you know, if they don't always tell me, but they might tell doctors, like, I've got this rash. Mm. Um, and so then I need to look at it to describe it to the doctor because yep. they'll be like, it's just itchy. Yep. But I need to, like, they need yeah, to know yeah. whether it's like, you know, a dermatitis thing yeah. or is it a complication of the chemo yeah, or yeah. treatment. So, um, but yeah, you, you're you very much there just to, like, re explain what the doctor mm. has told them, you know. Yep. I feel like that should almost be a, a job for someone in every kind of clinic. Like, I feel mm. like there are that many patients that have their appointments with their doctors and then they come back. Like my mum's boyfriend is one of them. He goes to his appointments and then comes back and he's like got no health literacy whatsoever. Yeah. Neither does my mum. They have no idea what has just happened. Yeah. Like, and I think even if they ask questions, it's just not being simplified enough. Yeah. And um, they come back and they've got no idea yeah. what's happened. And they might tell, like them while I'm sitting there waiting for the doctor to come on, they might tell me all these things. And then when the doctor comes on and they say, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. And I'm like, oh, actually, they were just telling me they've had diarrhea for the last three days. <laughs> or, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the same on yeah. the ward. The patients will have every complaint under the sun to the yeah. nurses. And then when the doctor comes around, how are you feeling? Oh, yeah, good. Or or the other way around. Yes. They'll be like, oh, they'll be like. Oh, I'm feeling so good. Things, you know, I really think things are going well. Rah, rah, rah. And then the doctor comes in. How are you going, love? Oh, I think I need a few more days. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, I think think that telehealth has made me a better, like, Mm, nurse in a sense because I've heard, I've had um, patients who have had initial consultations. So after they're very, like, straight after they've had their diagnosis or surgery. Um, and they're really interesting because now I learn about why things mm. are. So, like, I learn about staging and stuff like that. Yep. Which, and then obviously... Because yeah, you don't get to learn a lot about that. No, in, like, you just see, you'd be like, oh, yeah, they're, you know, like, T1, N0, M, whatever. And I know what they are, but I don't... I didn't know that 
like a T1 is is a tumour size less than 20 millimetres oh, okay. and, and there's like T1A, T1B, T1C and they're all like 0 to 5, 5 to 10, 10 to 20 millimetres. Like I didn't know that. So it's mm, good to I know. Found, yeah. yeah, like it, it was really interesting. And then at the opposite end, like having sitting in all those really difficult conversations to say that there's no treatment options left or, you know, like that's been interesting too. So You know, it's funny. I feel like um, nurses are given a massive, massive level of responsibility. Mm. But really, their education doesn't support that. No. Like, yeah. because if you think about, you know, your job and my job, for instance, like I feel like I could learn so much more and it would make me a way better, like, manager. But I really feel like that's not fully supported and even when you think about what you do at uni and yeah I just feel like you there's so much we could learn like x-rays for instance we never ever look at x-rays while we're students yeah ever and then when you go out on the ward it's actually beneficial for you to see yeah what is going on like see what the process is or see what like what's led the patient like it's almost like you get one wedge of the pie yeah but if you had the whole pie, yeah, you'd be a lot better off. I don't know. I just feel yeah, like... Yeah, I think there's some things we study at uni. It's like, I guess it's like school, you know, like we learn, you know, I don't know, for example, like trigonometry or mm. whatever, but you never really use it in the real world. It's like mm. in nursing, we do lots of subjects that you're never going to use in the nursing well, yeah, world. yeah, it's so true. Like those, um, those social determinants of health or public health, or you do those in subjects and it's like, yeah, well, it's, it is nice to know what mm. impacts people's health, but that's not going to help me when I have a job. No, like that's when true. I'm working, <laughs> like it, that yeah. would help me if I went into public health. And yeah. why don't you just save that for a postgrad? Because it's really not necessary. No, that's I would right. rather get into nursing school, like get into a degree yeah. and then go, okay, well, these are your basics. Your first placement's going to be in yeah. older people. These are the things that are relevant to that placement. It's not like that at all. I no. feel like you do eight or nine months of irrelevant stuff. Yeah. And then at the end of your first year, you yeah. do maybe three or four classes in the prac thing where you learn, you know, oh, we didn't even learn to make a bed, but you learn um, how to brush people's teeth and all that. I'm like, that's shit you can fucking wing. Like that's yeah. shit that you don't need a lesson but on. I, I don't know. Um, and I think Georgia Carroll said it when she was, when we were talking about how long she's been a nurse for. In the UK, they do their uni component and then they have a year of paid like a grad year, but it's paid, mm. but you're still technically a student a student at, at uni. Mm. And I think there's something to be said for hospital-based oh, yeah. learning. So my obviously my mum and my grandma both went through hospital-based learning because it was like the 70s and who knows when my grandma <laughs> did it. But, you know, like they learnt on the job. So yeah. they might not have had the technical um, knowledge about the bodily systems mm. but they learnt about it on the job so yeah I've learned um, so much more and you'd say the same thing you learn way oh, more when you're at work like or look, when you're I in mean, placement I just thought that the human body looked like the textbook so when I saw a uterus and ovaries for the first time and there was like a random thing holding floppy. everything together yeah. I was like oh that doesn't look like the, <laughs> the books and the, like why is that ovary stuck under the uterus mm. and like mm. oh yeah no wonder she can't get pregnant no fallopian tubes are fully kinked and mm. like it's it yeah i mean it's like when i set up accidentally the wrong way for a, a yeah. collie because i didn't know where the 
You're just trying to picture the book. Does it say gallbladder? (laughs) I thought it was down the other end. (laughs) But it's, um, yeah, I definitely think that there's something to be said about learning. And I think as I've had this discussion a lot lately with my manager, as nurses, we are adult learners. So even though I've been in the job for like 20 odd years, there's still so much for me to learn. And there's always new fields and new areas and, you know, like we're moving more into a haematology, oncology um, area and I like that is. Haematology is massive. (laughs) And there's like no rhyme or reason for anything. Mm. So, you know, and from one day to the next it can be, that patient can be so different and like, you know, and the more I have to educate the patients, the more I have to educate myself because Mm -hmm. I need to know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like I feel like we never stop learning and mm. it's, you know, like you finish uni and you're like, great. And then you get into school, um, get into the workforce and you're like, shit, now I need to go do a like, I need to do something. So then you end up doing a post-grad mm. and then now, then you move areas because what you wanted to do three years ago is not what you want to do anymore because yeah. nursing is fluid and dynamic. <laughs> and then you're like. And your, so your work comes out with a one-service yeah. strategy. Yeah. <laughs> and that. You know, that postgrad that you busted your balls for in leadership and management is no longer really that relevant because no longer do you want to be a, a nurse unit manager. Yep. You want to be an oncologist. And then you're like, shit, now I have to do an oncology postgrad. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I just, I can't do this study. And you just, like, I think that's like a revolving cycle. And Ask you can me how my alert course is going. Yeah. Well, <laughs> mate, you're on maternity leave. I know. Just because you can't sit still. Like, <laughs> I know. But I really haven't um haven't even done much of it. I pretty much I put it down and I haven't picked it back up. I mean, in I did that alert course too, and I found it really useful. Yeah. But like anything, if you don't use it, you lose it. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess so long as you know, it's because you know what spurred it. It was because I was watching a lot of like um, TV shows, TV shows <laughs> of like extremely highly skilled nurses. I'm like, I want to be a highly skilled nurse. When you watch like emergency and paramedics. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. Oh, why. I'm not like... paramedics. That show shoots me. I don't know why. <laughs> I just can't watch it anymore. I think I can't be bothered hearing them talk. I just want to see like the action. I don't want to listen to them. Like, talk. We're on emergency when someone comes in. It's always like. They could be at risk of internal abdominal bleeding. Yeah, every single every time. single time they <laughs> fell off a roof. Oh, internal bleeding. Yeah. They got hit by a car. Oh, internal bleeding. She fell off a horse. Oh, internal yeah. bleeding. <laughs> I'm like, I always say, oh, guess what they're going to do? An ultrasound. Is there internal bleeding? No. <laughs> Fractured pelvis. Internal bleeding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's I don't know. I I like watching those shows because I I think ultimately if I didn't live here. I would, yeah, I, know. I would be working in an yeah. emergency department somewhere at some big hospital like I know. but I think I still I don't I don't see myself living here forever yeah so and it's so funny because every time Mick and I would like go to a new town I'd be like oh they've got a they've got a good hospital here yeah I know. <laughs> <laughs> and Mick's like why do I care about that I'm like oh if we ever moved here there's a good hospital <laughs> it's funny because I've been doing a lot of I've been doing a lot of work with Hannah from the breakthrough nurse, mm. um, doing her untamed course at the moment. And there's, you know, you, you're thinking about like your self-limiting beliefs and mm-hmm. like what's holding you back from achieving like everything mm-hmm. you dreamed of. And I feel like, you know, be, a postgrad in oncology has been on my radar for, I think it's been on my PDP for maybe nearly three years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've probably enrolled four times and never followed through. Oh, Kelly, with it. yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's because I feel like I'm not going anywhere. 
And so mm. I feel like where I am is like the highest I'm going to get to. Okay. So there's no push for me to do it. Yeah. And really the only step up from where I am would be my manager's job. And she's not going anywhere anytime soon. And you don't soon. want that job anyway, Not at the moment, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't feel ready for that. Yeah. I mean, if I, like if she left, then I, I would probably balls up and step into yeah. it. But um, like she's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And I, so I feel like there's a little part of me that's just like, why bother? Yeah, because. Because no, where are you yeah. going to go? Yeah. And, and, and do you think that doing that course would, would significantly benefit your practice? I feel like it would give me, it would back up my A&M status and if I wanted to go somewhere else it would be really yeah good yeah. so well I feel exactly the same exactly the same everything yeah. you just said is exactly how I feel yeah because while I'm doing a job that I'm not qualified <laughs> qualified <laughs> to do I shouldn't say that no, I'm, you are qualified. I'm qualified in the practical sense yeah. but not in the written sense I yeah. guess but like I have a lot of experience yeah um but you know, I work as an after-hours manager and I've been doing that, like, well, on and off pretty much for the last three years. Yeah. And I don't I don't feel – when I do that job, part of me, it's my imposter syndrome going, mm. you can't do this. I know. You don't have the I still get capability that. <laughs> to do that. And, um, you know, what makes you think you can do this? Yeah. And so I agree with you that doing a postgrad would just make me feel – like I deserve it, I guess, mm. in a way. But then also um, I think doing a crit care course would significantly benefit my practice. But then I would lose a lot of skills if I stayed Do you feel like it would job. spare you on to want to go move somewhere else Definitely. to get a better job? Yeah, see, but I don't want that, to move I get, anywhere. I get way more um, responsibility and way more – I get to do way more stuff yeah. where we are. It's so just not that high it's level. It's just not the high level. Yeah. Whereas if I went and worked in an ED at, you know, a trauma hospital or something, yeah. I wouldn't get to do all of those things because there's doctors. Like I don't yeah. get to do the in-depth assessments and I don't get to do um, because you've got like if, if that's the sickest patient in the hospital. Yeah, then that's right. The doctor just doctors, comes in. You yeah. just become a procedural You pretty much nurse. just become another pair of hands. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I really felt that way when I... And that might not be true. That might just be our presumption Maybe. of those roles. But, but I, yeah. that's how I felt when I went to do some casual days in emergency at yeah. one of the bigger hospitals up here. I really felt like it was chaotic. Yeah. Purely because, you know, you have so many patients and you've got to turn them over so quickly. Yeah. But I feel like the things I was doing was more like um, cannulas, bloods, ECGs, yeah. urinals, dressing, undressing. That's yeah. literally how I felt. ECGs, like the whole, that was the yeah. whole day. I felt like that was what I was yeah. doing. But, you know, at our work, I feel like I do everything. primary surveys. I yeah. do like top to toe assessments. I do everything. And then I make, I get to make, um, clinical you know, decisions. clinical decisions and nursing diagnosis and um, a differential up, I guess, yeah. and a picture for the doctor. Um, but it's, it's different. Yeah. I guess you're not, you haven't got that autonomy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think where we are, um, it's the same in, in oncology. Mm. Like I'm everything. Yeah. I know every one of my patients. Like if you ask me, if you got our list of current active treatment patients, even some past ones and shot me their name, I could probably tell you everything about them. Yep. So I'm very all over it. Like, you know, and, and if my manager takes leave or whatever, it's fine. I'll step in and I can – I don't necessarily do the in-depth numb work that mm. she does, 
but I can step in and run that unit, yep. like no dramas. And then I think if I go somewhere bigger, do I just get lost in that? You, you just get those three patients yep. for the day and you do their treatments and whatever, but then you're not, you don't get to follow them up because you don't do clinics or you don't do. I wonder if it's like big fish, little pond yeah, syndrome <laughs> that we're getting into. I, I feel like though there's a part of me that feels, yeah, like do I, why do I, bother yep. I mean I need to bother for myself because yep. I know I want to do it yeah um but then I'm like but if I'm just going to be staying in our little town it, I don't need to do you guys have in, any intentions of leaving I mean no Mojave just started a business yeah it's true and same same I'm in the same boat yeah like, like he's got a premises and a workshop and he's so happy and to be honest like I'm not unhappy like I love living here and yeah. you know my daughter loves school here and she's got all her friends and and I can't see us moving but I would never say never yeah so you know like I've always been a flighty person yeah I want to stay long enough to get long service leave so we can go on a fucking holiday for two months like I've never stayed anywhere long enough to get long service leave ever in my life I've been a nurse for 21 years or nearly 22 and I've never had long to go long service leave 2025 oh but you started 2015 oh I think you can get it at seven months yeah, seven but years seven years yeah. but I mean <laughs> I feel by 2025 we might be right to go yes yeah, so like. I must be 2024 then because I yeah yeah because I started my grad year in 2014 and I've only worked for public health yeah yeah so I um yeah well I was at a private hospital mm. before I came here so yeah I feel like in 2025 Amelia will be um She'll be like 12, yeah. 12, 13. Yeah. And I'm like, that would be a really good age to take her. Yeah. Where she could actually enjoy it and remember it. Yeah. yeah. And so we'll either do like America or Europe. Ooh. So we all have, we both have desires in each yeah. area. Yeah. But I don't know what we'll, well do. And we'll you... take like, definitely take like four to eight weeks. Well, Europe's not that far from America. You could probably do both. A bit of both. Because um, I think in America they like take weekend holidays to France and stuff yeah. like well I think we'd like to like there's lots of America I want to see and not mm. anywhere that anyone thinks of like I just want to go to a rodeo in Texas somewhere yeah and why like, not yeah that's what we can do like yeah. we're gonna I think we'll like if we did it we'd like fly into Dallas I think yeah and then do a roadie around the south and then fly to Salt Lake City Salt Lake and do City. Utah why do Utah you is beautiful. Oh yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Is that what's that? The Midwest or something? Is it? No, it's up the top. Oh yeah, I think. Oh, don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask do you, me. Do you, are you going to go to Montana? Mo- yeah, Yellowstone. Yeah. All around that area. Yeah, for sure. And how, my hubby's like, we have to go to Vegas and like the Grand Canyon. Oh I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to Vegas. That's a lot. Yeah, but we'll like smash in. A heap. So like, and that gives us heaps of time to save for it and like really plan it in a methodical way. Yeah, of course. (laughs) But I don't, I don't necessarily want to be like, you know, we're going to go here for two nights and here for two nights. I'm going to like, we fly in here and we fly out there. That's a good idea. We have like three weeks. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure you can find accommodation almost everywhere in America. Yeah. It seems like on all the TV shows, there's like. I'd be able to handle that. I'd get too stressed. (laughs) I know. I know. Well, there's. We might be able to go to Japan in March with my husband's um, wow. company that he he works with. Oh, yeah, um, that's products, yeah. product company. They're having their annual forum, 
And so I'm so excited because oh, I've I need always to wanted to go to for Japan. Like lawn mowing forums. In yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where does what's a lawn mowing brand? Like Kubota, they're Japanese. Yeah. I <laughs> and I said to Cam's like, yeah, I, I could go like to Japan. I'm like, oh, I'm coming with you. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to go to your three day convention. No. You just go do that. Leave me in Tokyo. Yeah. Just to sit and drink bubble tea and watch people. Bubble like, tea. <laughs> <laughs> just eat some random ass sushi and be Yum. like. So we get a Japanese treat box, I've told you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the other day they had um, these little koalas filled with chocolate and I was like, oh, I can't go wrong, white chocolate, whacked one in my mouth. It was disgusting. What? It had like it was a chocolate and fermented butter mix. Just let me tell you, (laughs) the aftertaste of that, I had to scull, I sculled some water, I sculled some juice. butter. I brushed my teeth. In the end, I just ate jalapeno out of the jar oh. just to get rid of the taste out of my mouth. <laughs> it was fucking rank. I was like, that one's going in the bin. <laughs> it's a real hit and Can miss. Can you please film like when you eat some of the questionable ones? Uh, I really want to see like your so face. Gross. Anyway, what's with you? I've talked so much this morning. I had a fright yesterday. <gasps> I looked at my pay slip. Oh, no. And it was only $800. And, I, I mean, I would say only $800 because that was half of what I was getting while I was on maternity leave. Mm. And I was like, oh, shit, Nick, I'm going to have to go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to be enough to cover the mortgage in my car because yeah. that's, like, what I cover. Fuck, I'm going to have to go back to work. What am I going to do? Oh, no. Like, how else can I make money? Thinking like brainstorming, I'm like maybe I'll I'll just make heaps of cakes. Like, like no, it's not going to be enough. I'm going to have to go back to work. And Mick's like, I thought you worked out that when you went on Centrelink, you because that was my week to, that I was changing oh, over yeah. from work maternity leave to Centrelink maternity leave. And I was like, yeah, I worked out that it was only going to be like a hundred dollars less or something. And Mick's like, what's going on? Like, and I was having a panic attack. <laughs> And I'm like already thinking about, oh my God, I'm going to have to talk to my manager and I'm going to have to go back to work yeah. like before Christmas. That's oh, fucked. Like, <laughs> yeah, screw that. And um, then I was like, hang on, I'll ring Jess. And I was like, can you please tell me how much your last maternity leave payment was? Anyway, it's all fine. I don't have to go back to work because it was only, because like at the start she got a, a half payment oh, and at yeah. the end she got a half payment. I'm like, oh, hallelujah. Like Ooh. I was like about ready to die. Just panic at the next one. Maybe. I was like walking out of shops yesterday going, oh, I'm broke now. I can't afford that. I can't afford that. And I'm like, <laughs> like literally spiraling. Like, And um, anyway, it turns out it's fine. That's so funny. But, I don't, um, yeah. Oh, I was going to tell you. This is, I was like, oh, you're going to think this is so yeah. funny. So my mum's group, we that we mm-hmm. actually got a mum's group after Ollie was like five and a half months old. And um, I found out yesterday that they're all attachment parents except me. <laughs> <laughs> and I love them. They're all beautiful. And you know what? It works for them. But it was so funny and I felt really bad. So one of them was like, She's got the eldest child who's seven months and she's like um, saying how they still contact nap during the day and um, the uh, and one of the contact nap? When the baby's touching you. Yeah. And oh. yeah, <laughs> just wait. <laughs> and she said, and all the other girls were like, yeah, yeah, my baby still sleeps on me, rah, rah, rah. And they're all like over three months or whatever. And I don't care. People can parent however Absolutely. the fuck they want to parent because it does not affect me whatsoever. But my reaction was like this. Really? (laughs) 
And be like, nobody touch me. Not I even was you, like, kid. Really? Like, and then I realized my reaction yeah. was like so dramatic. <laughs> and I, I like backpedaled a bit. I was like, oh, I just, I feel like a hard ass because I literally go, bedtime, put her in her cot yeah. and I walk away. No, don't cry. <laughs> and I'm like, of course, you know, if she's hysterical or whatever, I'll of go course. and settle her. But like uh, if she's protesting and you know the cry. It's like, I don't want a baby. Whatever works. And then they go to sleep. Whatever works. I know, but it was so fucking funny. And then I thought of you, I'm like, oh my God, I'm the Kelly. What do they do for their day? This is what I was like, "Um, I'm sorry, I can't get anything done and she sleeps in her cot. So how are you guys getting anything done? Wow. And, um, have you been watching that parenting show on I Channel have, 9? I have, actually. So, me too. I, I, only watched, very... I think I watched the first episode or the first two episodes. Yeah, I remember. found it really interesting. Me There's too. so many different types and I was like, oh, I like. I kind of have a bit of them in yes. me and a bit of them in me. And I, French Nouveau, is that you guys? Because you got it. Well, I feel like if you've got an only child, that's just kind of how it ends up. Because, yeah, they have nothing to compete for and you treat them like an like individual an and an adult. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I love going out with Amelia for coffee Yeah, and exactly. Stuff. I sort of thought of you guys because they've obviously got one daughter. Mm. And I think, of course, she's going to be more mature yeah. because she's always with adults. Like, yeah. There's no kids at her level. So, yeah. she, of course, she's going to grow up a little bit, you know. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah. Be able to talk to adults. That's and, right. Yeah. 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 Anyway, we don't need to go down that path. No, I did find but, it interesting. Yeah. But I did get emotional when they did the um, oh, the, the stranger, um, stranger approaching danger. the kids. Yeah. Ooh. And then I said, like I said to Mick, I was crying and I'm like, how sad is it that you even have to have that conversation with your kids? Like, of course you have yeah. to. But it's so sad. And those two kids, when the attachment parent kids... When the guy approached them, he oh. was like, he could be a stranger. He could, he be could tricky he, us. Yeah, he might want to take us and away then, from mum and yeah. dad. And I was like, <gasps> that so was the good. one that got me. And that's because, and I, she explained herself so well. Like she said, I teach my kids about this, but I do it in a way of play. And I integrate it into like everything else that I teach them. You all think I'm just like talking to them and like a baby voice yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And like she, you know, as she did, she was super annoyed. Yeah. Like, oh. Just Abby, I know you've got big feelings, yeah. and that's okay. <laughs> Whatever, mate. But her way obviously works really well. Yeah. Those kids took on that kid as soon as th- that person approached. He was like, "No way, no, yeah. I don't know you." Yeah. And he li- literally went straight to his little sister mm-hmm. and he said to her, "Like he could be tricking us. Yeah. And I think, Our parents aren't here." I think that could come from obviously they're heavily attached to their parents yeah. but also heavily attached to each other yeah. and i think that is where that and they had the balls to stand up like yes. you sort of think those kids aren't going to be able to stand up for themselves yeah. without their parents because they don't yeah. know how but he and she was like the little girl she was so funny she's like can i say something and she's like they could be tricking us like yes. she just worded back and like yeah. you could see that and i was so proud of them yeah, i thought I oh that's too. such a good you know like we all bag them out but i mean I mean, but there's they, obviously aspects of it that are really good, and I do value some of the things. Like, of course, um, yeah. Obviously, you'd get caught up in saying no all the time as a parent, yeah. and there's ways that you can. Um, the free range parents this week. It was so oh, I haven't funny. Seen that one yet? They had to do the drive. You know, the kids tell oh, you where yeah. to go, and like, the kids are in the back with the map, and they're just like chilling in the front seat. She's like, "Where are we going? We tell us which way to drive." And one kid just goes straight ahead. And another kid goes, turn left here, turn right. They never got where they need to go. They did not care. That mum was like, she's like, what was the point in worrying the the really strict parents? They were like, yes. Do you need help? Would it have mattered if Mm. she said to these like free range parents, would it have mattered if you just kept driving around in circles for hours? And they were like, 
she's like, nah, like, what does it matter? They were having fun and they were in control and that was the whole point of the assignment. Yeah. And she was like, oh, and they were showing that at the same time as the Asian tiger parents. Okay. And that mum was like, oh, like a really strict, you know, you know, have you not heard that term for Asian parents? Where is they that like, like they they really heavily value academics and all that stuff? Yeah, and really like and extra they have lots of goals and they yes. have to achieve. Like there's, it's yep. you fail or succeed. succeed. Right. So she was like, she as soon as she got in the car, she's like, I'm stressed already. Oh. And the daughter's like, I don't even know where. Like she's folding the map around, and then mum's like reaching over, and she's like, just give me, I'll show you how to find it. And the husband's like, stop, stop, stop. And then she's like, you're driving too fast, you're driving too slow. Oh and then when they pulled back to the couch, and she <laughs> she's like, he failed this, he failed it, and oh. everyone was like laughing because. <laughs> And this other, the free range mums are like, what did it even matter? The whole point was for them to be in control. Yes. She's like, you just let them do it. Like, it didn't matter to us. And And I was like, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's amazing how many different parenting styles there are. I still don't know exactly what kind of parent I am. No, I think I'm just a mix of everything. Like, Mm. I yelled at Amelia this morning (laughs) because she was just dawdling and watching the iPad. And I was a bit slow getting ready this morning as well. So. But then she's like, you just make me sad. And I was like, stop yelling at me. And then I was like, oh, my God, just I'm going to send her off to school. And I've just yelled at her. So like on the drive into school, I tried to like have nice conversation with her so that that's the last thing she thought yeah, of yeah. and not me is screaming at her. And then she's like, you didn't do my ponytail high enough. And I was like, oh, for God's sake. Do your sakes. own fucking like, ponytail. <laughs> she's like, it's too low. And I'm oh, God. <laughs> Righto, kid. Oh, the joys. Oh, uh, yeah. It's weird to think of the things I look forward to. Oh, mate. It's so – like I wanted Amelia to talk so bad. And then she started talking and never shut up. You're and like, then up. I was just like, no, like, please Stop. Just, <laughs> please. Well, Ollie still no. can't roll. And I – You don't want to – soon no, as they I can know, start moving, I know this mate, is the thing. Like, I do feel like – but I'm at the point now where I'm like – I feel like they're going to start asking questions soon about why nah. she can't roll. As soon but as she, she can starts, sit up and... As soon as stuff. she starts rolling, like, you're going to have to move your plant. I know. I already you're said to Nick, to we need to baby-proof now you're because, gonna, like, yeah, I know, we're in trouble. Your shoes. Because we've lived eight years without kids. I know. <laughs> I know. The first time, when Amelia rolled, I was like, oh, time mm. to go to Ikea and put everything in boxes. I know. And that's, like, we were, Mick and I were just talking about the fish tank this morning. There's all these, like, cords that hang down from the fish tank. I'm like, mate, either she's going to drown herself, electrocute yeah. herself, or it's going to fall on her and kill her. So we have to get rid of it. Because it's, it's like even your TV being quite low, like mm. you'll need to strap it it's to the back the so wall. it doesn't fall over. Like all these little shit mm. things that you don't think of. And you'll be like, I'm just going to run to the toilet. She'll be fine. She's on her mat. And then you come back and she's not there. And you're like, where the fuck is she? <laughs> and I'm like, we didn't have a very big place when Amelia was little. So yeah. I was like, where are you? <laughs> and she'd like, one day she'd wedged herself under a chair, like under the oh, staircase. Like we had a spiral staircase. Oh, wow. She didn't care. She no, was just playing she was with happy. like dust bunnies. Yeah. Like she was all good. So <laughs> Yeah, I need to, I need to get onto YouTube and start looking at what all the gurus do it's really yeah interesting it's and a lot you'll be you won't think of something and then they'll attack it and you're like how did I miss that yeah like, <laughs> I'm already like thinking about the plants that's my thing because our neighbors had so many plants in their house and they had the busiest toddler ever and he just got into everything yeah. and um, I guess if they're you probably the gurus young, though, probably to not touch mm. so there were like things that we couldn't move and we couldn't change in our yeah. house yeah 
And so you just tell him everything's hot. Every time. <laughs> every time she went near her and I'd be like, ah, ah. Yep. And I don't know if that's right. I'm like that with the dogs. And I'm like, don't touch that. No touching. And then eventually she just, yeah. I'm trying to teach her it. to pat the cat with open hands oh, because she's a poor cat. <laughs> The poor cat has already had like he's just being pulled like tufts of hair. I'm being surprised that out. he's like still around. He goes up to it. He like rubs on her, oh, yeah. and I think she's the perfect height yeah. and width that he can yeah. get a full body rub <laughs> on her. And, and today he was filthy, and all he's like hand out, like grabs a full handful. I'm like open hands, open uh, hands, gentle, <laughs> yeah. gentle. And Dixie's just realised that. Um, Ollie's like the new most popular person in the house oh, because yeah. she leaves food places. Oh. And so this morning we're yeah. like, <laughs> she's like a little hoover around the high seat. Yeah, it's amazing. Hygiene. Like, yeah, it's good they all get on, like the dogs and oh, the kids. Yeah. Like oh, they nice love to... They love Ollie. They, but they're pretty good. Like they kind of look at me like, can I go near it? Yeah. It's good actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like the master of the house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Large and in charge. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's all. Wow. That was a really long. It was like an episode. Debrief, I, know. I feel like <laughs> you're welcome. We did talk. <laughs> that one's for free. Um, obviously, if you like some merch, I do have a couple of mugs left. So yeah. if anybody wants a mug, um, just hit us up in the DMs or shoot us an email. Is that all we've got? Oh no, we got pens and badge reels. The pens are really stickers. good. Actually, the badge reels—they're all awesome. Yeah, the pens are. Excellent. Yeah, I'm really happy with the quality I, of them. Yeah, we'll surprisingly. Them they write so nicely. Mm, and they're good to hold. Like they're not. Yeah. And they've got. I a, actually um, just ordered. I ordered. I had 25 more arrive. So they're a Don't clicker they? pen. Kelly's got one in her hand. They're a clicker pen with a nice little black grip. Beautiful logo. It's a black pen with a silver clicker and also <laughs> a little silver clip. So you can clip that onto your scrub top or your pocket. Um, very handy. I put it through. I have like a cow neck. What is it called? A cow neck thing? Like a oh yeah, that thing. We don't horrible. wear. I hate them. They're we like don't wear you know, um, scrub tops. And I push mine through the hole and <laughs> stick it on. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah. So Just, you can use them in in a multitude of ways, really. You could write with them. You can scratch your head with them. <laughs> clean your ring around. Poke people. Poke people. <laughs> so yes, yeah, shoot us a message and we'll um for the give very low the, price of. Oh, I can't even remember. I think it's ten dollars for a pack of. $15 for a pack of re- – like for a real sticker pen. Yeah, um, pocket it's $20 for a mug. And I think the pens or the badge – I think the pens – I don't know. <laughs> Let me have a look. I'll send you a message. I don't think we've done the pens separately. You can only get a pens if you buy the badge reel. Yeah, that's right because we didn't have many pens. Yeah, but we've got more pens now. I think so- I've lost it anyway. But sh- Oh, no, here we go. Okay. Uh, you can get a pocket pack, which is a pen, a sticker, and a badge reel for $15, or you can buy a badge reel separately for $10. Yeah. And that's postage included. You just have to send us an email and we'll shoot it out to you. The badge reels are really cool. They're all black with our logo in the middle. Yeah, they're cool. And I haven't even clear... swapped mine over yet. Oh, Kelly. I know. It's so lame. Actually, I need to do – I don't <laughs> I think need I to got give one. You one. No, yeah. I'm giving you one. Yeah. <laughs> I need one. I use my pen all the time. Um, yeah, so anyway, send us a message. Hit us up in our socials at Two Humorous Nurses Podcast. And email us at humorousnurses at gmail.com. That's humorous like the bone H-U-M-E-R-U-S. Bye. Bye.